Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's not about me. I'm only here for a minute. And I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try? Hello, welcome to our Lads and Powers. This is Scott Powers joined by Mark Lazarus for both of the Athletic. Mark, welcome. It's uh oh God, it's one of those weeks I don't remember what day it is. It's Thursday. It is Thursday, all day. Yes, it is. So um it feels the, like the same day every day in the nhl doesn't it we're having the same discussion all the time yeah we will not be talking much hockey today today's uh yeah well there's not a lot going on the blackhawks first off and secondly um certainly with their uh decision last night with the blackhawks pride night deciding not to wear the uh pride night jerseys um and, and not even giving the players the decision but opting because of security um fears for the russian players back in russia that they've uh, they've taken out of the players hands and um they've decided to uh, yeah not wear the jerseys and uh it's not everything they're doing on pride night there's certainly a lot of other things planned but it's it's a thing that's going to be talked about and um yeah it'll, it'll certainly be uh yeah the the major part of this conversation will, will evolve around this uh for the next you know for the time being and, and it certainly takes it make, I, I guess just in the bigger picture just everything that we've written about and talked about the Blackhawks moving forward it um yeah it feels like they've taken two steps back again yeah we're going to bring in Gabby Ugarte of the uh of to hockey with love and the alphabet sports collective to have a nice conversation with us about this issue with the Blackhawks and in general but it's just it's just relentlessly disappointing to be a you know a hockey fan right now it's just it's just gut punch after gut punch about a sport and a and 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 a, and a league you want to love that just makes it so goddamn difficult every time. And for the Blackhawks in particular, like they're the like the Minnesota Wild and the New York Rangers, they can get away with this. The Blackhawks are under more scrutiny for their off ice everything than any team, maybe in all of pro sports right now. Uh, in in and you know we're, we're we're less than two years removed from the Kyle Beach story, and for them to pooch this, it's just it it really it really undoes a lot of the good they've done. And and that's not fair. Like it, it's just a Jersey, but this is the single most visible thing that they do. And this is in the public eye right now. If you're not in that back office or that front office seeing and, 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 and experiencing all the positivity they're, they're trying to create there under Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner, you're like, ups, that my, my Twitter mentions just, yep, it's the Blackhawks. No surprise there. It's the Blackhawks. Of course it's the Blackhawks. Like this is just a absolute public relations nightmare for this team. And 
frankly, it should be. I mean, this is the wrong decision, and they deserve to be, you know, piled on for it, frankly. Yeah, no, for sure. And and that's uh, I, I know that they're doing a lot of stuff, you know, within the community and within those certain within the groups and certainly, you know, within um, within this community, too. And, and and I know that doesn't change anything, but it's it it's it's a, it's it's a larger scope of this and, and um, you know, and how fans, you know, how fans feel about this. And, and um, you know, like it, it just it's yeah, you, you felt like it, if there was one team that was going to do this it was gonna be the blackhawks considering everything right. you know like it just um yeah you know none of it should be surprising at this point but it, yeah it's completely shocking it, it, what, what really what really sucks about it in a lot of ways is you know two weeks ago when uh the blackhawks were in detroit i t- it was it was in the wake of, of of some of these decisions by these teams i knew that pride night was coming up so i went to connor murphy who is really the the captain of this team with Jonathan Taves out. He's the longest tenured player by far. He's very well respected. And I know that he's active in this space and he's one of, he's a really good, you know, uh, uh, he's a very community oriented guy. He was delivering meals to hospitals during the pandemic. I mean, this is a guy to whom this stuff kind of matters. And I asked him, I said before I, I, I prefaced my interview. I said, Hey Connor, I want to ask you about this stuff. If you're not comfortable talking about it extemporaneously, I, I totally understand. And you can get your thoughts together and we could talk later. He And I said, what do you think is going to happen March 26 on Pride Night? And he didn't hesitate. He said, we're going to wear them. I can't imagine. There's nobody in this room that's not going to want to wear them. Uh, I'm like, did you have these conversations? He's like, I don't need to have these. I know the guys in this room. We want to wear them. Um, and, you know, it, it, he said it was disappointing was the word he used to see other teams not wearing them. And to take the decision out of that man in other people's hands and say, you're not allowed to wear those jerseys. We're not going to let you wear those jerseys. That's what pisses me off. If you want to let the Russians not wear them, if you want to let, you know, uh, 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 Christians who cite their beliefs as reasons they can't wear them, well, fine, whatever. Like, they have to answer for that themselves. But to not let people who want to show their support show their support, that's just bullshit to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, it it feels like Russia and and all the anti-gay propaganda, you know, in this country and other countries, it's winning, right? Like, it's just, it's... it's, Someone said... uh, Someone said uh, in my in my mentions that I, I guess we do negotiate with terrorists, and that's melodramatic, but it's true. We're letting them scare us into not into not supporting people, yeah. and it's a shitty. It's just a shitty thing to do. Yeah, now they're they're dictating our sports now. You know, like they're yeah. dictating our politics. We're letting Vladimir like... Putin decide what you wear during warmups in an NHL game. Like, what the hell has this come to? Yeah, no, for sure. And we, and we have certainly we'll. we'll dive even further deeper into this with uh, with gabby and uh so let's let's bring gabby on uh bringing in uh gabriel ugarte uh who is the co-founder of two hockey with love also on the the board of alphabet sports collective which just recently launched um which uh is a non-profit that you know is, is to provide safer environments for people of all sexual identities and all um, genders, um, all expressions of gender in, in hockey. Uh, Gabby, it's funny that we, uh, you know, we, we talked just recently. I, th- I thought this was, we weren't going to have a much to talk about in, in this conversation as at least, uh, at least when it comes to the Blackhawks, where we get more of kind of what we expected from, from the Blackhawks pride night. And then last night's news. Um, yeah. It kind of changed everything where, where the Blackhawks made the decision not to, uh, n- not to allow their players to wear their pride, uh, pride jerseys, and uh, in uh, in response to what they think is uh, safety concerns for the Russian players, so certainly kind of changes our conversation. Obviously, we, we've written a lot about this, and you've you've uh, you've you've written a lot about this yourself, and too. So, 
uh one one thanks for thanks for coming on and um but uh yeah there's certainly a lot to, to dive into here yeah thanks for having me on um yeah i was really i was like oh okay like definitely changed the conversation when i saw it <laughs> last night i thought i was like finally done talking about the black box for for the newsletter but hey we're back yeah um but yeah it was uh i want to say out of all the teams in the league that i thought would try to avoid this I would have thought that like the Blackhawks would have been, you know, like the 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 one to try the hardest to not to not do this. So I'm I'm surprised because like like you guys have said, I've also heard that they've done a lot of good work internally, and and this really does like set them back um, to square one. Yeah, I mean, when, when you you know you can do all the things out of sight, and and frankly, those are things that matter, and they make they they do help. And you know, it, we always say we want these teams doing more than just a token Pride Night, right? We want them doing this stuff year round, and they do. But this is the single most visible thing they do. It's such a small gesture to wear a rainbow colored rainbow themed jersey for seventeen minutes during warmups, and then auction them off afterwards. It's not the most significant, you know, uh, thing they do, but it, it's the most visible thing they do. And for them not to. For them to, you know, make the same team decision that the Wild did, that the Rangers did, and that I'm sure more teams are going to do, as opposed to what the Sharks and Flyers did, which is let the players decide for themselves. Um, I, I mean, the outside view of the Blackhawks is so low right now to begin with. But does this, like you said, I mean, square one's the same phrase I used yesterday. It just seems like it undoes everything they've been trying to do the last 24 months. Yeah, because, I mean, it dominates the conversation, right? Nothing else matters right now because because this is all, all everyone is going to be talking about um and it become and like we can talk about like all oh, the great things that they're doing and they probably are but nobody's going to be talking about that and so that feels equally am i allowed to cuss on here yep of equally, course okay <laughs> <laughs> equally as shitty so um yeah it's it's really disappointing uh i expect this to see this to be a like a trend that we're going to see across the league um but I I just I'm not particularly happy with like the Russia thing, the Russia excuse. Um I don't know like what's the take that you guys have on that like why do I you mean, think I I understand that that the that you know if 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 it's easy for me to sit here and say, you know, have some courage and do this anyway. I don't have family back in Russia, but other Russian players have getting Malkins worn it. Uh, a couple of Sharks players wore it the other day. Um the, look look Vladimir Putin's got a lot on his mind right now. I don't think he's monitoring what's happening in the fucking <laughs> NHL warmup. Like That's I just, what I, was I, I, I just feel. Like, and if you read the letter, and and, and uh, granted, you can't trust anything that that government says or does. But if you read the letter of that law, I mean, the worst they can do is fine you. Like, yeah. Now so, it's Russia. I get it. I get that that there's a certain kind of fear that comes with that government. But this does feel like an easy way out for them, for all these teams to say, you know what. This this provides everybody coverage just in case we do have some homophobes on the team that don't want to wear this thing. This feels that's, like that. That's kind of what feels like it, like that there was more than one person in that locker room who didn't want to wear it and it just became, you know, they had this like excuse to reach for. Um, but yeah, like you said, Dr. Brett Party at Hawking Society wrote about this, um, which is also like what. It's like, wh why didn't the Blackhawks do more research into into this? Like, didn't they think that people were going to go and like dig into into the things that they were saying um and so he went and and he kind of like you said it's a it's a feat it's never been applied to you know russians working outside of russia um so it just 
so just it feels weird and then patrick johnston or johnson at the province in vancouver mm-hmm. also talked to like a foreign policy expert and was like yeah like i don't think this seems like such a such a like a weird thing to happen like given the current like political climate that they're going to be worrying about you know this like tiny thing um and that it may like there may very well be like family pressure but it's not it's not the you know it's not the government um so a, a lot of it feels like the unknown and you know i was texting with a source last night from the blackhawks and i and i you know i they they know they're gonna kill them this you know like i i i think they understood that they were going to, yeah, it, it just, it, it's such a bad look and it does erase a lot of what they've done. And, you know, as much as they want to push those other things that no one's going to, you know, listen to them about it. Um, you know, they said their security officials said there's, yeah, there's a concern and, you know, and, and no one really wants to explain what that concern of safety is because there isn't really an example of that yet. So I, I think that's the hard thing to fathom. And, and even this morning I put out some but some, you know, just trying to hit up some government officials to see what the guidance is. It doesn't feel like the NHL is given much guidance on this either. Where, you know, like there, you think there'd be a, a message across the league that you know you're putting your Russian players in in safety fair. It just, it, it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like anyone's done any proper research on this and to see what's the reality of the situation. Well, the way it was explained to me is so convoluted, and this is from the Blackhawk source, and they said. If you just let the Russians sit it out, which is probably the right course of action. If those guys are legitimately worried, you let them sit it out. Fine. Whatever. We've gone through this before. You let them sit it out. And their argument was, well, then they have to answer for it. And what are they supposed to say? We sat out because we don't want to get our families arrested in Russia, which implies that they would have worn the jersey if not for the law, which therefore means they endorse the message, which is therefore lgbtq plus propaganda i mean it's so convoluted and i i i I, again easy for me to say not my family but you just have a lawyer craft a very carefully worded statement for those guys the for uh, nikita zaitsev philip kurashev and anton hudovin they say that they don't answer any more questions whatever happened to no comment no comment used to be a thing in this world just don't answer any more questions about it and then Connor Murphy and the rest of the team get to wear the jerseys that they want to wear. Connor Murphy's on the record to me saying he wants to wear it and everybody on the team wants to wear them. It means something to them. And everybody gets what they want out of this. This is just a cop-out. That's all this is. Doesn't Kuroshev compete for Switzerland, though? He doesn't, he's not even, I, I know. He, he has does. Russian, he's like Russian-Swiss. Yeah. Well, his, his dad is, his dad's a Russian, he's been a dad, dad's been a Russian coach and his dad's from Russia. So there's, yeah, that's. Yeah, but why would they target him and not like Malkin or literally anybody else who's much more higher profile? Like it's it's I think for me it's like the fact that they didn't think this through that annoys me the most. Um, which is I think a lot of the things I don't expect much from the sport as a whole. And you know, <laughs> but I was like, please just like think things through before you come out here and say it. because then it's like um everybody else was like, actually. Let me explain how wrong all of it, everything that you've just said is. And that's really annoying. Um, I wonder who's guiding them is like the bigger question, you know, because I'm sure they like, you know, like it sounds like they've thought things through, but who's actually guiding their decisions? You know, like it's like, that's what I want to, I mean, and this story isn't ending here today, you know, like there's at some point the Blackhawks are going to have to to speak, you know, they've sort of had, you know, people behind the scenes speaking for them now and kind of explaining it. But, you know, I, if, if there is true, uh, transparency, you know, Danny Words, Jamie Faulkner, Kyle Davidson, whoever needs to kind of get out and, you know, speak about this. You know, that was one of the issues with with a lot of the Kyle Beach situation now, too, 
was when there were all those questions to be had, it was Jeremy Collins and, and Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane answering those questions. And and that frankly didn't go so well for anyone, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like what is the security team? Like I, I like, do you guys know what that means? I mean, the security to me, it's Brian Higgins. It's one dude who, who, who walks the guys into the ring. So fans don't attack them. I mean, I, I'm sure they have a much more elaborate yeah, security. Yeah. Than it was explained to me as security officials, but I, yeah, it, it, I, I don't know who that is. Explanation is that, that needs the yeah. yeah. Is that is that law enforcement that they work with? Do they have a contract, <laughs> a third party? Like we need to know who these people are and why they think that they yeah. these they have guys a scout in Russia. Them. But yeah, yeah, you would think. It, I mean, at this point, you'd probably bring the government in, right? Or just trying to get some larger insight into yeah. the, or the and I, like again, it feels like the NHL should be providing providing them with more information of what's. Like if, if the sharks go ahead with it and the Blackhawks don't, like where is there there's obviously a difference in, in understanding of the information or different, you know, something different's being pushed on. So it, yeah, I guess the fact that other teams are doing it and then the Blackhawks don't, it, it certainly kind of yeah, it it just it, it brings more questions than answers. Again, yeah, I'm 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 curious. I I've I've been right I've been reporting on this for, you know, over a year now, these 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 issues in hockey and um something that keeps coming up to me from from you know people in the queer hockey community is that they don't really want these nights in the first place. They think they're more trouble than they're worth and they, they turn people against them and that uh, it, unless they're going to go perfectly, it's not worth having. I don't know if I believe that, but it's not my really place to say that. What do you think about that? That the idea that now they say you're couching that, that if you can't, if you're not going to have pride nights, you can't have military nights. You can't have, you know, Ukraine night. You can't have any kind of themed nights if you're not yeah, going to well, have pride nights. So that's the question. Didn't they just have a Ukraine heritage night? They like, did. Huh. Okay. Funny funny how that works, right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I think I think a lot of people feel like they're performative. And I guess to some extent they are, right? But uh, especially if like your organization isn't doing anything outside of, right. of, of these Pride Nights. But like a Pride Night for me, somebody who never had any trouble you know, with my family, with my friends, like I have a very supportive queer community. They don't really like mean a lot to me. Um, but there are kids who who don't have that support system, who are maybe sometimes doesn't even have to be like a rural town. They just don't have that support who turn to hockey. That means something to them, right. that there are people out there who, who, who want the best for them, who want them to be safe and to be treated with dignity. And I think that's that's who I feel for the most. Those kids who are seeing people that they like, you know, just not be able to uh, to, to do this. Um, so it's it's weird. Um, yeah, I, I think those of us, I think I think adults, we get cynical about this stuff, right? We're yeah. naturally. But if yeah, if you're a ten year old hockey player and you're you know you're trying to figure out your own identity and you see Jonathan Taves or Connor Murphy wearing that jersey, it sends a, it sends the right message, and I think that yeah. there's value in that. Yeah, um, you know, queer youth are a particularly vulnerable population, and I think that we should be doing everything to to make them feel safe, to make them feel welcome, particularly in a space is like in a space like hockey, and we're not doing that, and, and we're actually going backwards, um, which is, you know, it's disappointing, um, and a little scary to be honest. Um, but you know, it's it's a we aren't having the broader conversation that this isn't just like a Russia issue. This is like a regress, like a regression we're seeing at a society wide level. Right. Right. Um, and I think like if we turn into that conversation, we might be able to get them to like get their act straight to put in a policy. Um, but people don't like to hear that sports are political. So, 
Oh yeah, there's no there's no politics in sports at all, right? Yeah, at all. Yeah, but I mean that's what I've been thinking about. Like, it's it's so over the past year, um, there's been like a really really sharp increase in the number of anti LGBTQ um, legislation put at state level. Uh, I think like the last article that I read, it was like March fourth. There was like three hundred and eighty five, and that was more than the past five years combined. Um, and so, like, the fact that this is becoming, like, a big talking point, particularly a big talking point for the right, hockey's, like, traditionally conservative. So, of course, we were going to kind of see that trickle down and reflect uh, in, in in the sport. Um, so, I don't know. Like, I honestly, where do we go from here? <laughs> like, no, That's that's just... the next question, right? Is, is, <laughs> is, is how, you know, it, it's it's always one step forward, two steps back. How do we make up all those lost steps? Like, what's, how do we... How do we? Nobody buys it anymore when they say hockey is for everyone, right? Nobody's right. buying that. So how do we get that back? How do we make? Because I feel like you know it's it's weird. Because yes, there's a hard right streak that runs through the NHL. There's no doubt about that. This is a very white, very conservative, very wealthy sport for the most part. Um, but it felt like for a while there, hockey was kind of in the forefront of this. You know, Brent Sobel had the Stanley Cup at a Pride Parade in 2010. You know, uh, and and you know, hockey is for everyone. Campaign has been there for a while, and there's been. It felt like it was. It might have been, you know, a minor movement, but it was there in hockey before. I feel it was in some other sports, and now it feels like they're so far behind. And like you said, the regression is real. And so, what what's the next step? How do we how do we turn the momentum around? So yeah, I mean, I I don't think that like if we can't approach it from like the human, like, Hey, everyone deserves to be treated well and deserves to be treated with dignity. The argument here is there is, um, there is money in diversity, right? So mm-hmm. make it about like, you guys want to, your guys are trying to bring in new players. This is, you know, these are the strategies, you know, try to find, um, I mean, sorry, I met new fans, try to find new like communities to, um, to work in and work, do strategies that, that will bring them in and, and I think they're kind of trying, but I don't think that they see like, this is the way that you grow the game, you know, you make it better, you make it accessible, you make it more inclusive. So I think for them, it has to be like, this is a financial decision. We're investing in the future of the sport. And that means getting getting these types of initiatives right. Some um, of it, sorry. Hmm? I, I, I guess having not come into hockey until later in life that, yeah, I just, you know, I, it was, I, you know, coming in 10 years now, just... And, and and certainly trying to understand the sport and, and at different levels and and understanding the off ice stuff and I I don't like it's you know like it's looking at what hockey on your block and even things within you know the people done try to do within Chicago a lot of it just seems unrealistic you know like I, I just I guess I've come to the conclusion that it, it yeah I don't know like I I just think growing the game and and certainly the way that you know like the fighting still implemented in the way that they they've never really tried to accentuate you know like the the you know, making the superstars the faces of the league or just things that would attract youth youth and, and people of, you know, different colors and different identities. And I, I don't know, it just I think hockey does so much in itself to prevent um yeah, taking those steps and 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 you know, and really growing it. And so much of it is a financial um, you know, growing up in Chicago, I I didn't play hockey or was influenced by hockey and 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 you know, and and I think that's the case for a lot of people. And I and I don't think that's changed at all. And um, you know, having the occasional um, you know, stickball tournament or whatever, like it just it it doesn't really feel 
um yeah it, it doesn't really feel welcoming in a lot of ways or does a lot of things to really open those doors to, to people then and, and chicago should be you know like chicago should be one of those markets for that where the, the grassroots should be um yeah and, and a lot of this stuff is done at the grassroots level and it doesn't feel like there has been much of an impact uh, and i know that if you've tried to even get in at some of those levels and it, it, it there's not really like clear entry points to that the fact that you just called street hockey or ball hockey stick hockey is a good is a good example that you don't know anything about hockey Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's such an insular community and i think that like actual doing investment in diversity would require people to to give up positions of power to give space for other people to have power or like decision decision making abilities and i think that's very hard it's a very insular community that's why like the old boys club is a thing right that we talk about um but yeah it's so dis- i mean i didn't know that hockey <laughs> there was a professional league in hockey until i was 20 you know i grew up in the i grew up in home park so it's not like i'm you know, outside, out in the boonies, like no, no connection. And so I don't, I don't know. I think there's so many people who are like, Hey, this is the way that we do it. And they just don't want to listen. So what can you do? Well, you that's know? why it's almost like, you know, when we talk about anything, you know, I wrote a language about homophobic language in hockey. When we talk about acceptance in hockey, it's almost like we've given up on the current generation and it's like, let's just move on to the next. Let's get into youth hockey. Let's get into junior hockey. You know, they're 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 banning fighting in the QMJHL. That's going to trickle up where there's going to be fewer fighters in the NHL. And it's kind of the same idea with with diversity is if we can get these kids, these kids get into like they, they join a team at like age six and they're in a locker room with those same 18 kids for their entire childhood. It's like it's the same group all the way through. They don't meet anybody outside of their group. So if you only know straight white kids, you're going to be you know, have a trouble when a non-straight white kid comes into your locker room. So it, it's like you need to get humanization and representation in those youth leagues, I feel like, or it's just going to keep perpetuating itself. Because like you said, insular is the right word. That's hockey more than any other sport is this kind of isolated insular world where you don't really meet anybody who's not like you. And part of that is socioeconomics. Part of that is, God, if you were a gay kid who liked hockey, why would you want to be in a hockey locker room and deal with this shit on a daily basis? So until we can kind of get it at the youth levels, I feel like the NHL is going it, to, it's going to be too, it's almost too late to, to win hearts and minds. Yeah. But I mean, that's a decision that they have to make of like, what, what do they want the future of the sport to, to look like? Um, because like the decisions that you're making right now, that's not going to be welcoming to anybody in the future. The NHL drives culture, right? They drive, you know, play, you know, kids want to be like their favorite players. And if you're having these players who are being vocally, homophobic it's it's not going to do anything for for the locker rooms of where kids are playing either you know um and sports are already such a difficult place to, to be in you know across the board if when you're uh, a queer child and i think it's none of this is making it easier for them either you know um right. i just like it's that's the frustrating thing it's like you want you want to grow the game but then you're not like doing any of the brave things that that requires for you guys to actually do that. Um, or or even the not brave things like simply wearing a yeah. goddamn warm up jersey. Yeah. Like this isn't um, like, you know, this isn't stepping in front of a bullet for somebody. It's wearing a fucking jersey. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I, I, I have been wondering if this is something more like that the NHL doesn't really want to address it. They have been like at the crosshairs of like Fox News uh, lately. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, and I wonder Rock. if that's also something like that they, they don't... shut down an entire diversity job fair because you know Ron DeSantis <laughs> shook his shook his sword at them. I mean, oh. it's just such a cowardly league. Like you think Adam Silver would back down from Ron DeSantis in the NBA? He'd be like, <laughs> "Fuck off, dude." He'd be like, "We're, okay, we're well, moving our All Star <laughs> game." Like, like baseball moved its All Star game. Baseball. Yeah. Baseball. Yeah. Talk about old boys network. They moved their all star game out of uh, what was it Georgia, right? Because of uh, yeah. uh, uh, anti voter laws, and moved it to, to Colorado at the last minute. NHL's like, well, well we're still having our all star game here in South Florida. Look at the beach; it's nice. Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, I. There's no courage in this sport. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I always look at it as hockey is something that's like it's eating itself up right now, right? Like, it's not sustainable the way that that things are going so I, like it's hard it's hard to write about like i'm always like i'm about to leave like i i, I can't be here anymore it's and so depressing I, it's it's yeah. such a, it's just relentlessly disappointing it's hard to get excited like i yeah. love the sport and i hate the league it's so frustrating yeah it has you know hockey has like such a obviously i love it right like our newsletter is called to hockey with love <laughs> um and that was kind of like our attempt at finding our, our like love for the sport again right to like write about it in a different in a different way and then it's the same thing you know <laughs> like how many more times can we talk about these like terrible issues without us getting tired either so yeah I don't know I I, th- I think I'm just it's like a constant state of disappointment um but I also do try to think like I, I think like these types of things like the newsletter like the the nonprofit organization are important like that's where we where we hold on to the, to the hope that something can change. Um, I think that there has to be a more policy put into place. I, I do think that the NHL needs to step in here and kind of be like, all right, here's how we're going to handle it. Is it going to be like a really, like a religious accommodation? Um, but there has to be like something so that these players are not, not playing. They're not in the, they're not in the stadium when these nights are happening and we can frame it however you want, but I don't think that they, I don't think they should be able to dominate the conversation. I think the conversation is going to evolve to other, the other jerseys too, where I, you know, like, you know, I just got an email just now from the Chicago steel, the USHL team about their military, military appreciation Jersey auction. And, and at some point, like there's going to be, I'm sure Russian's not going to like having its, its players in, you know, U S military jerseys. Like the, I, I feel like this could get, you know, like it's going to expand, and and you, and you think the uproar over the pride jerseys is bad. Wait until the right side and and everyone else gets involved. When you know, like they you can't have them military jerseys. You know, like I I think the NHL is, yeah, I don't. It's so passive on some of these issues, but 
it, it seems, you know, like that's something that maybe that motivates them or, you know, like I think they're going to have to make some decisions around the NHLPA too about, um, yeah, about the jerseys in general, because it's, I, I think that this has opened up a can of worms and it's, it's, it's going to expand the, the conversation about what, what players can choose to do and what they can choose opt to do, because it all did, it, it, it took one person to be like, I don't want to wear this jersey. And, and here we are with all these teams deciding not to. Isn't that crazy though, that it was just like this one minor thing and it kind of like snowballed into this issue. I think like for me, that just, tells us like a lot of these initiatives weren't like firmly rooted in anything um and then made it easy for for like oh well he was emboldened so like why not me you know i know that nothing's gonna happen and that's kind of what we're seeing right now i also it's just it's disappointing because i know that like kim davis has been working in the league for for five years and i really like i can't even imagine being her right now and seeing like all of this and all of her hard work just kind of being Yep. rolled back a little bit um so i feel for her i feel for like the queer people working in the sport they're like oh you know like that that these teams like like and the sharks you know how do you how do you deal with like knowing that somebody actively hate like yeah. I, he didn't say hate but that it stands like in, against in, in the bay area of all places to <laughs> stop right yeah. that. I mean, how do you that, like that's an, there's so many good there are so many good people in the NHL that want to do the right thing that want to make progress that believe in all these you know worthy causes and stuff and they're just they're shouted down by the 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 very vocal minority right i mean we're talking a handful of guys here really yeah. and, and 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 it just shuts the whole system down just a handful of guys it's it's just you know, it's that slippery slope argument that the right wing loves to use so much that, you know, hey, marry each other. You're going to be marrying a dog in a couple of years. It's just, you know, this is where we're at now. You One person sits down, all of a sudden the whole system collapses. And it's yeah. just, and, and and like you said, like, what if you are, you know, you just work in the front office of the NHL. You're not an assistant general manager or GM. You're just kind of a mid-level employee in a, in a hockey team. And you're looking around and you see this. It's like, they don't like me here. They don't want me here. Like, it's yeah. just the, the message it sends is just terrible. Yeah. Like, oh. I have like a, like, I know, you know, sometimes people have beliefs and they don't tell you and you don't need to know them and, and you can work with them just fine. But this is like very, this is a very different situation. Like they're telling you in your face that they don't like you. That's what happens here for them. Like I, so one of the, I follow like a lot of like queer artists who are doing stuff in hockey and a lot of them don't even include the Blackhawks anymore because of the logo. So like, how are you, like, I really want to know what their strategy is to, to bring in youth here especially when you have like so many other sports in the city that are much more popular that, that's a good that, that'd be a good way to change the conversation is like tomorrow say oh we're changing the logo <laughs> <That would be. laughs> now is the time that was the time honestly i thought i really thought that was a direction that they were heading like they were cleaning house and they you know but i guess not uh, i guess i was very wrong I, i'm 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 curious what happens if you know whenever rocky words moves on you know moves i guess the organization is is put more in danny's hands whether anything changes whether there's obviously there's been a lot of different movements around the logo and you know trying to create better ties and uh certainly yeah just you know with the indigenous community and yeah i i i i, I don't know there's so many different ways with the blackhawks like the, it's 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 like this one issue then it's it's everything else and yeah i guess that's... have you noticed how all their gear in the last couple of years has had blackhawks as two words like that's been this new trend where this is like wow. black, like the K, the K is like on both lines, black and then Hawks. I feel like every time I see those, they've had a couple of shirts like that and logos, they've changed some, you know, tertiary logos where black Hawks all of a sudden is two words again. I feel like they're like soft launching 
a bird logo. Like, I feel like that's, I've been saying for years that there's no way that in the year like 2035, they still have a cartoon Native American head as their logo. There's just no way that that's still going to be the case. I feel like they've been like soft testing this go back to two words thing, which they were for most of the franchise history. And then you can be Golden Knights and Black Hawks, and they're just a freaking black bird, and we all move on with our lives. Uh, I don't know. That's maybe I might be wishful thinking on my part. <laughs> um. Oh man, I lost my train of thought. I I wouldn't be surprised if they're like probably like have these plans already in the works, like that they're already planning for this. Just when it's going to happen is up to is up to anybody. Um. But I like. Obviously, you guys, I have been very vocal about where I stand when it comes to the logo issue. Um, and the funny thing is, like, I know most of the people who who the Blackhawks work with uh, in one in one way or another. Um, but my question is, is why does it keep on being voted like the most like the best logo in hockey? Like, I want this to, like that's the question that I have, because it's it's not like that logo is used in other places. Right. Like, uh, like it's it's fairly common. So it's like, don't you want something that's like. A little bit more unique that represents like a like a new era for the sport so but yeah people get mad when you when you bring up the logo so i'm not trying to have my, my... Remember when mark andre Fleury signed and he asked why, why why are you wearing those brown pads he's like i want to match it to the skin oh, of the face was... i was like oh mark yeah, no perfect. no 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 <laughs> what are you doing man but i you know he's mark andre Fleury, so yeah, he gets away with it. He gets away yeah, with it. He, yeah. Everything he does is well-meaning. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I really, I really wanted to see that goalie fight. I, I was. Oh I, God! I, like, oh, I don't like my hair. <laughs> I love that man. But um, yeah. How was it? You guys had him in the locker room for how many? Yeah, we, we we weren't in the we locker room. We were in the locker room that season. So yeah. Oh, that's right. Oof. Weird. I think I had like two one-on-one conversations with him, you know, out in hallways outside the rink a couple times. I mean, he was great to deal with. And mm-hmm. I covered him when he was a rookie in Pittsburgh. That's how old I am. Um, he was just kind of this giggly, shy, <laughs> you know, broken English guy. But even back then, you could just tell he was like just the most delightful human being. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny because I was like, finally, like, maybe I can start watching Chicago hockey again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know how I feel about it now. But like, I think the problem. I think the Blackhawks should have not just consulted the security team. I think they should have like consulted people who understand the sport at like the fan level and um and find a a different. They they should not have consulted my Twitter mentions. I would just say that because yeah, your Twitter mentions have been pretty bad, huh? Oh yeah, it's been interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Can I ask you about the Max Domi thing? Sure. Yeah, like why? Why did you? I guess say that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I didn't even know that history of Domi and those tweets from way back when. I mean, Max Domi was not a guy I was paying much attention to in 2016, 2017, whatever it was. So when I saw all this hate for it, I, I, I started. I was quote unquote doing my own research, and I couldn't find anything beyond the Trump socks and uh, the the and those very bad immigration tweets uh about you know securing the borders up in canada whatever he was talking about and mm-hmm. but you know g- getting to know him throughout this year uh and, and talking about on, about things like this and seeing how vocal he's been and marching in pride parades and you know uh you know that that's a, that to me is an ally like even even if like if six years ago at 21 years old he said some stupid shit he's still got to be held accountable for that surely but if someone evolves and changes their minds, someone changing their minds in any time this this generation of of all of us 
you know, this is what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to get people to think differently and we're trying to open their minds and we're trying to turn enemies into allies. I don't think running them off um, is necessarily the right way. I think, you know, embracing them as an ally and having that conversation with them about, hey, do you still believe this horrible shit you said six, seven years ago? We need to talk about this. But running off people because, and, 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 and don't, this is not like a cancel culture bullshit thing. That's not what I'm talking about. But it, this is someone in hockey, a relatively prominent player in hockey, who has been a very vocal supporter of the queer community. And I think running them off because of something you said six, seven years ago is counterproductive to what we're trying to do, which is get more people to change their minds. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I see that argument. But I also think that like allyship is contingent on the idea that people are not always going to be happy on you. Right. And that doesn't stop you from being an allyship of, of yep. like an ally. Um so I don't there's, like there, there, there's intersectionality at play here. I get that. Like, you know, if you're a queer immigrant right now, what do you feel about Max Domi? I I, I fully understand that. And yeah. these are conversations that he needs to have publicly if he wants to be seen as having truly changed. Like, I don't know. I never like I said, I didn't know about this stuff until recently. So I didn't. It's not, it's not something that came up in our conversations. But um, I, I just if someone wants to walk alongside you, I think that you have to welcome them in and then have those hard conversations. Yeah. I think it's like that idea of calling in instead of calling out. Yeah. Um, but I think people are also right in their anger. I think it's, but I think especially in hockey where, I mean, sometimes it's not fair, uh, but I think a lot of times it's justified. People are so like this, the sport doesn't give you anything. Right. It's been like, I keep on thinking of like, since basically 2020, there, it's just been scandal after major scandal after right. major scandal. And I think people are are tired. I think people... Yeah, and they're justifiably time. cynical, like I said. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't... Like, I'm not trying to invalidate anyone's feelings here. I'm just saying, you know, let's have that conversation with him because this seems like a grown-up now when he was a stupid kid back then. And that doesn't excuse what he said. But let's see if he's really evolved as a human being beyond one particular aspect of culture. You know, yeah. let's have that discussion. Let's not just write him off completely. Let's let's try to have that discussion if he's willing to have it. Yeah, I, I think that hockey has actually made me much more empathetic, um, especially like now that I, I started working on it, because you you got to have a lot of patience. You got to have a lot of. <laughs> um, and I think one of like I think a lot about this, this quote from like Reverend uh, C.T. Vivian, that's like um, when you ask somebody to give up hate, you need to be there for them, too. Um, so I think for me, it's like just finding that balance of like, how, how do we, how do we call them in while still being held accountable in like such a public sphere? You know, yeah. I think that's what, what we're struggling with right now. It's tough. None, none of this stuff is black and white. It's all so much nuance and, and, and gray yeah. areas. It's really tough to navigate, especially in 280 characters where it's just easier to say, fuck this guy. I get it. <laughs> I get it. There's a lot of times where I just want to say, fuck this guy. And yeah. I probably do more than I should. But it, it's there's it's no nuance on there's mine. no nuance out there, and that's 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 what that's what bothers me is like this guy sucks forever now because of this, and maybe he does, but maybe 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 you know, you know, people change a lot in their twenties, and if yeah. you come out if you come out the other side a better person, we should we should want that. That should be the goal. Yeah, I mean, he but he has to be the one that does that work too, you know. So yeah. like, yeah. if he came out and was like, yeah, you know what. I was shitty. I was 20. I was a hockey boy. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I, I, I want to hear him say that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And I think that it, and it's also just easy saying sorry. It can be easy if you really mean it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can make you feel uncomfortable, but it's, it's okay. 
right? And people were like, all right, like, how do we move forward together? Um, and I think that's that's where we need to. And get. there's probably some inherent bias in it with me because I really grew to like Max Domi this year. He's a he he's someone who really enjoys what he does. He he still finds the joy and love in hockey even when his team sucks. He's a personable guy. He's a funny guy. I want to believe that he's a that he's a good guy. And I'm sure that colors the way I, you know when you you know if I cover a guy who's an asshole to me all the time, I'm probably not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm human too, and I have my own inherent biases that the guys who are good to me, I'm probably going to give more of the benefit of the doubt than the guys who are just pricks. So yeah, sure I don't know this. Not. Like it's, I, I don't know that Max Domi is a better person than he was when he was 20, but I'd like to think he is. I hope he is. Hope so. Yeah. Hope, hope so. so. <laughs> yeah. But with, with, with what you're doing with alphabet sports collective, where, where, where do you see that, that you guys can make a difference? What, what interests you in, in joining that nonprofit? Yeah. I mean, so the project was started by, uh, it was like, uh, Brock McGillis's brainchild. And I only really got involved in the past year, but, I think that what we are doing is kind of building a community for us by us, right? Just really like really building a resilient community where we're we're giving each other the tools to to mobilize, to to kind of go into these spaces um and, and make some change. Uh Brock calls it like having a seat uh, at every table. Um, you know, we are we have an ambassador program. So it's not a we're not affiliated with the NHL uh, in any way, but we do have people who uh, will be trained to have these conversations in, you know, in their respective spaces. There are some media members, there are some hockey players. Um, so just really starting kind of like working from, from within and strengthening up our resources and, and our community. Um, and so I think that's, that's where the change is, right. Um, giving ourselves the tools to, to, to push forward. Um, personally, like, I think that change is very difficult to come from within so i think i do think that they're and like in in places like that are very insular like hockey so i do think that that pressure has to come from the outside and there has to be there has to be a lot of work being done from the outside for us to get anywhere so yeah i, I feel like there's been so much weight on brock's shoulders the last couple of years as almost the only voice out there <laughs> he's like anytime anything like this happens we're all going to call brock and get his thoughts on it and i like that he's built up a team around him now where where you can step up and there's other people that can step up and and share that burden of being a voice for change and positivity in a league that God sorely needs it. Yeah. I, um, yeah. And I think the strength in, in that organization is that we all have very different backgrounds. Um, and I think we, we exist across a spectrum of like ideologies too. Right. Um, and uh, I think that, that, that that's what's bringing strength is we have, we are able to have these difficult conversations and be like, actually, this is how we approach talking to certain communities versus others. I think that's really what's been missing uh, in hockey. It's like kind of this community organizing aspect, uh, which is honestly like what appealed to me the most, this idea that we can go, we can build trust in in the communities that we work with and and find and address the needs there. What was the, what was the launch like in Toronto? Oh, it was, it was fun. Um, we had, uh, we had a couple of uh, Leafs players show up and then we had, um, um, you know, there was just like support. We had to hear, hear LeBron was there. Um, Rick Westhead was there. So it was like a lot of people who, who showed up. Uh, it was a very busy night. I was like talking to everybody, just, you know, like, hey, so I don't really like, um, I didn't really get to like enjoy the party side of it, but it was really nice to just like have a very, like a lot. This is the first time that a lot of people are, are meeting and gathering 
Um, and I think that it was, it was really joyful. It was a really joyful moment. And I think that we were missing some of that uh, lately. Cool. Well, we're glad you're there. We're glad you're doing this work. We're glad you're being a voice for change and uh, uh, keep at it. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, yeah, thanks and, for having me. And don't read the comments. I <laughs> will not. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, thanks Gabby. Gabby. Yeah, thanks. I can help even just a little bit